This is State of Water. This is State of this Water. This is State of Water. This is State of Water. State of Water coming at you right now. State of Water, a podcast focusing on clean water issues and their relationship to policy, equity, community, and climate. Featuring captivating interviews with Michiganders from many walks of life, State of Water is the official podcast of the Clean Water Campaign for Michigan, a program of the nonprofit organization Title Track. Hey, this is Jenny from Title Track. If you resonate with what you're about to hear, put those feelings into action. Take the first step toward getting involved by going to titletrackmichigan.org slash contact to sign up for our mailing list. Welcome back, friends. Thanks for lending your ears. In part two of our powerful conversation with Palestinian artist Ayad Arafa, Ayad shares about the reality of growing up in a refugee camp under Israeli occupation and how, in spite of such brutality, the strength and resilience of the Palestinian people never wanes through the warmth of friendship, generosity of spirit, and rich cultural traditions. We also hear about some of Ayad's current artistic endeavors and how he sees art and activism as powerful tools in the pursuit of freedom and liberation. If you haven't had the chance to listen to part one in our conversation, please do check out episode 40 and make sure you're following Ayad on Instagram as well. All right, here's State of Water host Seth Bernard in conversation with Ayad Arafa. Welcome back. I'm better. (laughs) Yeah, we're in your studio now, huh? I'm in my studio. Beautiful. Is that one of your works behind you? Yeah. Wow. Gorgeous. It's one of the recent things. Well, thank you so much for for continuing the conversation here on the podcast. And um, I just want to also acknowledge that, um, you know, we're friends. So it's one thing to have a a conversation with a friend, but to open open up your heart and your life. in a in a recorded interview for the general public Mm. it's a big deal it takes courage for anybody to do but Mm. um for you to do it during such a horrific time in your community for your people um it it takes a lot and it asks a lot of you so i just want to honor that and name that and 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 thank you for for being willing to um to speak and to share during such a terrible time Thank you, dear. It's actually it's an honor, really, uh, to be uh, at at your program. Yani, even with uh, this uh, terrible time, yani, I think it's the, it's the time, you know, to uh, just open the heart and talk and share the stories. And uh, oh, but yani, that's uh, that's uh, that's an awesome thing, yani. As well, I appreciated your uh, effort being, uh, you know. Uh, uh, as well, uh, uh, 
open such a platforms, you know, for someone like me, you know, to speak and share. So thank you as well. Oh, it's an honor. It's an honor. Um, and thank you so much for uh, your video talking about the podcast. Yeah, like, uh, it was, uh, I don't know how to say it again. Thank you so much for that. Oh, my pleasure. You're, you're very mm -hmm. welcome. Um, so so to, to t take the conversation in a, a, a level deeper here, you know. Okay. Um, I'd love to to just allow you the opportunity to talk more about your childhood. I, I'm curious personally to know more about the story of you becoming an artist. Um, mm. You know, gr growing up through occupation, through through war, witnessing tremendous violence, mm. and then also having this really deep, strong sense of community, culture, tradition, family, being very connected to mm. a, a fam family, extended family, a community that loves you. Um, and I, I know that teachers and mentors are always very important stories to lift up on the path of an artist. Um, so for anyone to become an artist, there are these stories of teachers and life events. And for you, you there's really no difference between art and activism. Your art feels like an, it's activism, it's resistance, it's, it's honoring your culture and the stories of your people and also lifting up um, awareness and lifting up questions about mm. ongoing oppression, ongoing violence, ongoing occupation, um, so I'd love to hear more about how, you know, how you got to this place, what your childhood was like and what drew you to visual art and, and, and caused you to continue down mm. that path. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, um, actually, you know, the Haitian refugee camp where where it's uh, in Bethlehem, and it's one of three refugee camps, basically in Bethlehem, uh, Bethlehem city. Uh, I born and raised in in this camp, and uh, actually, as a child growing up there, in this in this area where it's uh, surrounded by fence, completely surrounded by three military bases uh, with like daily, you know, uh, military uh, crossing roads and uh, arresting uh, a, almost like every single day. As a child, I have witnessed uh, so many scenes of uh, running after young people and arresting it. And I always been like, so uh, like, uh, um, like I thought that's, that is the, the normal uh, situation. This is how everybody in this world is living in. Mm. I thought this is like, I didn't know who was this people with the green dress, with, with uh, these weapons running every day after 
the guys and arresting and they don't know why these guys are throwing stones back to these uh, soldiers a um and and for me as a child you know playing this in in uh, in my neighborhood where sometimes we play taking these roles of the soldiers and and and, uh, and the guys and uh, we were so much influenced by that situation in our playing uh, in the neighborhood and uh, we were like uh, a uh, building uh, uh, um, like creating women with wood and dress it all the time and, and play with it and always play the, the, the role of the, the, the one who is shooting, the one who is uh, shooted, the demonstrations, uh, the slogans of the demonstrations. Um, that that all these images was like uh, like it was feeding my daily life as a child in the camp. I didn't know that we are refugees. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that we are living in a refugee camp. I it's just I imagined that that's the whole world is living in. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, uh, by Oslo agreement, I was, uh, almost 13, 14 as well, even before Oslo, uh, by coming to Oslo, like I'm, uh, as a child, I have been arrested like three times, uh, uh, arrested for different reasons. Uh, for example, uh, to... To tell the names of the guys who were throwing stones, for example, and you know, I remember once I was around ten, and the weapon was in my head, and I have been beaten uh, toughly to uh, to tell these soldiers uh, where is uh, where is my house, uh, who's my neighbors, and trying to to know information through me, like and. Um, and uh, Yanni, when I think about it now, it's like it's really, it's, it's like unbelievable, uh, like how 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 that was a real thing that I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was actually the real situation. Uh, there is like uh, this uh, uh, a film, a short film made by. American journalists called Story of Freedom. It's about Dehesia in the 89. Okay. And that uh, um, that was actually these, these times from uh, 1985 till 92, Dehesia was daily uh, invaded by the soldiers. And I would say, um, Till that during time, so when so that since I was like uh, three years till I become like uh, seven, nine years, uh, ten years, I do, I don't really remember. Uh, yeah, nineteen ninety three. I was like ten years, 
And that was during the first intifada, where soldiers, Israeli soldiers, were really tough. Yani. Even they had this decision by Rabin, the prime minister at that time, to break bones of young Palestinian who threw stones. Yani. So after Oslo agreement, we took these briefs for seven years, and then the second intifada started. And from the second intifada till yesterday, Dehesha being invaded by soldiers like twice, three times, four times a month. From 2000 till, till, till last night. Like last night, they were invading and they arrested like a couple of guys. And uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's a it's a brutal invading where they, you know, they know as a soldier like nobody's gonna ask them a question or touch them or send them to court or like or question them. So always when they do the invading, which is usually in the middle of the morning at 3, at 4, at 5 a.m., we always wake up hoping and praying that there is nobody is being shooted or killed. And I hate to say that we become like so uh, familiar with this. We started to like, uh, like when there's lots of soldiers, sometimes they come to just to train their, uh, their, their, their soldiers, like the, the, the young soldiers. And sometimes they come as a thousand of soldiers in in all neighborhoods, trying to uh, you know to break main doors, shooting tear gases, a lot of tear gases. You, so usually in the summer and in the winter we close completely the windows because uh, we don't want to wake up with the tear gas. Uh, so. Like last year, there's a, a, a eight that was all of that is before seven, seven October, okay? Yeah. Uh, eight young guys on the last year, 2023, eight young guys is being shot by uh, Israelis during this invade. Yeah. And uh, the target is. Uh, or the mission is to arrest, uh, uh, arrest uh, some wanted names, and these wanted names are as well very young guys. Like we talk about 16, 17, 18, and sometimes 14. And uh, it feels so shame that. Nobody can talk about, nobody can change this situation, nobody can uh, do anything about it. Um, and uh, growing up in, in that situation um, is just uh, uh, inspired me more to understand how it be to be under occupation and lose all the axes of living a normal life uh, and uh, have no access to very simple rights of human uh, rights 
as, for example, going to the city where you born. Like I born in Jerusalem, but uh, I have been when when there twice when I have a permission to be there. Um, and simply going to the sea uh, that I haven't been able to go to the to the sea because all, all my life I've been able to to access to the seas around the world, but not not the one that I belong to. Uh, and this is under the crazy thing. And so uh, understanding what it means to be under incubation uh, it's just as well pushed me more to to be in the art uh, uh, world and as an activist. Uh, like I call myself as an art activist, where as well art is giving me that uh, space of freedom, space mm. of uh, uh, expression, uh, everything I have of uh, statement, questions, and uh, uh, um, uh, messages. Uh, uh, and even uh, scientists, I will say. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, that was actually uh, what made me stick to, to art more than anything else, and more than just being, you know, uh, uh, like when I produce, when I paint, when I build the sculpture or something, I feel like... Uh, I have the, all the access. I create the, the access for myself. Uh, and uh, I feel like I am able to go beyond all the limits and all the stolen access, I would say. Um, um, yeah, I wanted to, say, to, to, to speak about very important thing. Uh, when you when you when you when you start to talk about uh, like growing up in a society like a refugee camp, I will say it's it's it, there's a very confusing uh, feeling about this place because it's where I grown up, it's where I raised, but it's not my home. It's a it's it's a temporary place for us, and what we seeking for is the return to our original hometown and and the homeland and to our villages and cities uh, that is being now called Israel. Uh, like for example, I'm from Castina village that uh, is near to Gaza. Uh, and uh, it's one of the uh, settlements now that is around Gaza, where they call it kibbutz, and uh, uh, and I have never been able to uh, actually that I'm not I'm not allowed to. Um, so I did this uh, um, design recipes project, and I call it Castina as a way, you know, to call connect myself to and to keep uh, this name alive in in my life uh, the name of Castrina uh, 
you know, telling these details about childhood and all of that, all of that situation, it's like just make make anyone question how you can handle living in such a situation. But I will say that uh, uh, in the refugee camp, we are almost like 14,000 people living in one kilometer where everyone knows everyone. Mm. Uh, we lived there as one big family. And I will say as well, our heritage of uh, how we treat our neighbors, how we collaborate between each other, how we um, live really like one family and exchange food and exchange clothes and and uh, uh, how when someone is building his house, you find all the neighbors are are giving their hands, you know, to help. Actually, this is this is this uh, society texture is what help a community living under that situation to to be able to handle all this uh, like brutal situation and uh, And for many people who have been able to leave the camp, they they prefer to to stay in the in the in the camp because it's where life makes more sense with 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 that surrounding of a friendship and warm uh, an uh, warm relationships. Uh, so uh, I feel that is a legacy that we are, uh, as a Palestinian, is our uh, is 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 where um, support uh, uh, our strength and and keep us like uh, being able to to handle and 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 to resilient and uh, to to keep resist you know uh, at least our existence i think if our society was not that uh, connected uh, i think uh, yani we we would have uh, disappeared uh, from from the from the map as a Palestinian as a name and as individuals and as uh, as a people. Yani. But uh, our 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 culture is so rich and it, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's made it's yeah it's. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't just come like that, you know. It's a, it's, a, it's really a legacy of thousands of years. Like if if you will ever uh, uh, come to one of the wedding that happened in the camp, as as someone living in the camp, I don't wait for uh, an invitation to to go to a wedding. No, I invite myself. I just join there, and then when you go to the wedding, you see like hundreds of people like. Uh, Turn this small wedding to a festival that everyone is is participating, and might be three four uh, days later there's a funeral. You see the same people at the funeral. You know, it's, everybody's there. Uh, everybody's present. 
and uh, uh, actually this is this is what uh, as well make me belong to uh, to the to the community in the camp and to the Palestinian as well in general yeah mm. to to choose to stay there yes it's that sense of belonging uh, despite i think own. i'm i'm lucky because uh, i'm 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 lucky because they have the option you know just to uh, to to be somewhere else where it's like away where where it's more quiet where it's no uh, no risk uh, mm-hmm. uh, for life yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, my belonging is stronger than than just uh, deciding to to travel abroad. I do travel abroad. I like to travel abroad, and it's uh, it's my chance, you know, to see different communities, different cultures, and uh, meeting lots of people like you said, uh, which is which it's uh, teached me a lot. And uh, it's uh, it's my way to learn more about myself and my community and my identity, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's my way as well to explore my this uh, my long trip. But uh, um, and for me here, the Haitia is my basement. Yani, wherever I go, I travel, I come back. Yani, yeah, yeah, and. And you've you've made a lot of friends around the world, and and a lot of people who maybe were were oriented toward Palestinian solidarity and Palestinian liberation. Um, but there's something about friendship. There's something about art that um, that help people connect to our shared humanity in in a deeper and in a lifelong way, and. Um, you know, the your work has been shared all over the world, but you can't. I mean, it's it's part of your resistance. It's what you're doing is for your people, and um, and the work. You know, it, it seems like it's it's lifelong for you, mm-hmm. and and your travels. Um, you know, bring they expand your world, but they also sort of bring Palestine around the world and, and help us um, understand how important solidarity is and how, you know, I'm a, I've come to understand just that our liberation is caught up. My personal liberation is caught up in your liberation and, and without liberation, there really isn't, there really isn't a true sense of liberation that, that I can feel. Um, I believe so. Yeah. And um, you've been working on some new work lately. You have a lot of stuff mm. that you've been working on. And even, mm. even through this brutal siege of these last few months, you've been applying yourself to new work. And uh, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk a little bit about what your process is like this day, these days and what you're working on. Well, uh, actually, this is uh, still a processing uh, project. But uh, I'm working under the uh, title, uh, uh, literally translating from Arabic to English is 
the lib liberating stitch. Uh, and as it's, it's uh, this is a, a name of uh, old way of stitching the embroidery, and they call it like it's like uh, it's like how to say like freestyle. Freestyle uh, embroidery stitching. Cool. Uh, but uh, to translate it literally, to, like to read it in Arabic, it's, it's called Arq Tahriri. It's like uh, um, when you translate it literally, word by word, it will sound like uh, liberating roots. Uh, so mm. I I was in love with uh, with the name of this style or this way of stitching, mm. and uh, you know stitching as well in the embroidery. It's 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 a whole process of being patient, of being creating a beauty of 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 uh, you know uh, uh, creating a stitch by stitch by stitch. Yeah, and until then you have this uh, like uh, beautiful uh, patterns that each each uh, each pattern is uh, an expression of a type of uh, of a trees in the around or a flower, uh, and as well it it it's 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 uh, uh, the embroidery. Uh, it's one of the main like uh, important heritage that we are proud of as well that that made by like uh, mothers I will say by by the the patience of the of the woman uh, who transferred this uh, this uh, beautiful career from a generation to a generation and I wanted to through my project, a painting project, uh, to um, to transfer these uh, uh, shapes and forms into a, a canvas, uh, a collection of, uh, of of painting, and I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but I mean, the project still processing again, but inspired by. Uh, the embroidery. So ho hopefully, I will be again uh, able to uh, finalize it in this in this uh, two three months, uh, and then we will see how it's gonna go. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, and then mm. there's another project you're working on. A, a boat project, correct? Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, an installation uh, uh, installation uh, that is going to be installed at uh, uh, a cultural institution, recent one called uh, the Wonder Cabinet. Uh, so we are collaborating in in you know, finding all the facilities to build that uh, uh, sculpture with its uh, hanged boat uh, about the, the exile, even when you are 
at your homeland. Yeah. And as well, because this image of the, of the boat traveling uh, from, uh, from countries uh, where its people are becoming refugees. And so these boats become this uh, like a bridge escaping from death to life, searching for, for a new opportunity, new page. Uh, and new chance of uh, of a new life, I will say. Uh, so, and these these images we have been seeing it like uh, for for last decade uh, from Syria, from Morocco, from Algeria. So, and as well from 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 uh, from all these uh, countries that. They are under invisible, I will say, incubation. Uh, and uh, I, I see this uh, boat uh, uh, is, is like uh, um, that, that transfers uh, of the people who really wanted to just survive. Um, but as well, still this project still as well a processing. I will I'll say, uh, and we will see how it's going to go. Like here in our situation, there is there is nothing like completely planned, and we know after two months at that day at that time how things mm -hmm. is gonna go. Like uh, uh, we, it's always open schedule. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and you you have to leave room for things to emerge in the creative process too. If you become too rigid, then some of the magic of the muses and the possibilities of the process don't have room to emerge as well. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, uh, as, a, as a technique, <laughs> I <would> say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and, and, uh, lastly here, y you have recently been creating music as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you performed at Harvest Gathering a couple years ago. Um, Perfect. we won't go into the long details, but you were supposed to come in person, but you got denied access, flew all the way to Chicago and then had to mm -hmm. turn around and go home. Um, and that was really unfortunate, but we still were able to zoom you in. So we projected um, the video of you playing music in the barn at the farm for <laughs> harvest gathering. And there was a bunch of people there dancing, people of all ages. It was really beautiful. And I love the music. Yeah. Um, thank you, thank I'm you. wondering if yeah. if you could send us a track to uh, to play on the ending of this podcast to play us out. And absolutely then, okay great we'll do that and can you just share a little bit about how you got into music and, and what your flow is like musically yeah of course i uh, was invited by dark Dasser for art and research uh, to participate in this uh, sound program that run by uh, nicholas jar who is 
as well was um, we were at the uh, art residency at Dark Jasset at the same time, yani, so I get to know him as well. So I find it very interesting to learn uh, more about sounds uh, as another layer of understanding the around and how that can serve uh, an art project. Uh, so I was in this uh, program then I was impressed uh, by the how it's it's um, gathering the sounds and then turn it into uh, uh, beats and uh, different layers of sounds it's it's like absolutely amazing thing uh, and like I just found myself enjoying a lot doing that, uh, recording sounds uh, layer after a layer after layer, and and see how all these layers goes together, or only two layers, or so. Uh, and then uh, there is there is this chance when you do it live, it's there is a chance you know to make. Uh, in new sound, there is a possibility to make a new sound every every single moment. Uh, and my interest turned from just having some skills in sound that can be just more layers to my artwork, then to have it uh, like a hobby thing, or uh, I just really enjoy playing live music and yani not to make tracks or uh, to be professional in that uh, but i enjoy just you know testing the sounds and test how it's 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 gonna work together and i started to hear sounds and voices in different way uh, and uh, it's, it's really something uh, that expand this space of freedom that I was talking about at the beginning. Yeah. It's really something beautiful mm-hmm. yeah, to be in. Yeah. So I, I feel like more privileged that, uh, that uh, now I'm into this uh, sounds world. Good. Good. I hope <laughs> you keep going. I'd love to collaborate with you. That would be a great thing, Yanni. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. Well, I had... actually, well, well, before I, I I was into this music, and I remember like when you invite me to your stage to uh, to read that uh, poem for Darwish, and then you were playing your music, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with uh, with the uh, with the poem. That was well, great moment. I had uh, during my stay at Gathering Far. Well, I thank you so much for that uh, opportunity. Oh, thank you. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got yeah. up and and joined the band at Hoxieville and, and read a poem, <laughs> and we, we provided some accompaniment. That was beautiful. Can you imagine myself on a stage, but yeah, I mean, thank you for, for <laughs> making it into a real uh, thing. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was a great, great blessing for everyone. And um, 
and yeah again you know art art and and water are these elements mm. that are, are so so much at the center of my life and when i look into as i've on my journey i've looked into human rights violations around water and they always point to larger mm. systems of oppression and mm. here in michigan with the flint water crisis and the detroit water shutoffs and um water being poisoned and and manipulated in in um indigenous country in the united states it's it's part of these larger systems of oppression that are connected to colonialism and you know yeah. for the last three months the people on earth who have had their human right to clean water most mm. egregiously violated have been the people of gaza mm. um, it's been the worst in in terms absolutely. of absolutely you, mm. you know people expected to survive with absolutely yeah. no water at um, least yeah yeah and um and so you look into that in the water sector it's like well well this is connected to much larger systems of mm. oppression mm. systems of colonialism and um it's a moment now where at least in the United States, I've never seen so many people learning uh, about the story of the Palestinian people and the, and the mistreatment of the Palestinian people. People learning about the Nakba and the Naksa and the Antifadas and the Oslo mm -hmm. and what made them fail. All of this history that didn't come to us naturally in the United States. Yeah. And I'm, one, I'm wondering if you can feel that solidarity and, and how you reconcile you know, the support mm. of the people with also that still not being enough mm. to create mm. a ceasefire and to create mm. A, mm. a larger change that's absolutely needed. How are you feeling the solidarity and how, how does that, how's that juxtaposition? Well, uh, no, we are hearing the, the voices around the world that's in solidarity with, uh, with Palestinian. And this is like, like, what we were uh, wishing one day to have without paying that huge price of, of Palestinian blood uh, to be happened, uh, to be uh, uh, recognized the, the oppression that Palestinians are living in. So, uh, um, like, as a Palestinian, we are appreciating every single voice that is uh, in solidarity with uh, with the justice. I will say, uh, because what we really need is justice and freedom uh, more than anything else. And uh, I feel that what what happened today is that uh, the world is dividing between you know the controllers. And the people, and it's just like the people suddenly wake up on uh, you know all the these controlling elements that is some of it was visible and some of it was invisible and some of it was like just trick the whole people yani, as uh, they are like you make you think that you are choosing the, the life you want and uh, and. Uh, they, they as as they are like uh, um, um, you know 
taking the humanity to a to a shift where it's justice for everyone and freedom for everyone and uh, and then i think what happened in gaza is just show another reality of of uh, what's how the the shape of the system that is controlling the world actually and i see all these voices yes. is first is is uh, is uh, is in solidarity with Palestine, but as well, it's their humanity that is is refusing this injustice and brutal images that come out of Azzayan. So we notice it, we, we appreciate it, and uh, and I believe always like uh, victory at the end will, will, will be in the hand of the people of the world who believe in the, in the justice and freedom for everyone. With no exception, with no exceptions, then. Yes. Yeah. Power to the people. Yeah, absolutely. Power to the people. Hmm. And it's uh, back to the to the to the uh, like the, the water as right of every single person. Like uh, was talking to uh, some relatives in Gaza, like who. Who, who told me, like, we've been used to the bomb sounds. Uh, we have been used to be hungry, but we just want some water to drink. Like, it's water is something that you kind of just used to not to have. You know? uh, uh, especially, you know, uh, uh, Palestine, is uh, is is very very rich area region with uh, underground water, but uh, we only get thirteen uh, percent of this on, of this water. That's that's make that's why like if we will ever come to Palestine, you will see how how every single house has water tank. On the top of it, because we receive water only for the, for 20, 20, 22 hours every every uh, every two weeks. So we have to store the water in our tanks so we can have water every day. In and we are so careful with you know with the wasting water and we we try not to waste water at all because it's a so limited amount uh, so it's like palestinian have uh, 13% of the water while israeli uh, got like uh, 87% of this water they don't have to have uh, water tanks or something it's uh, it's uh, it's it's there is no way or or uh, there is no way that that the water could uh, could cut off uh, from the, any settlements. But uh, in the summer, actually, we suffer from uh, from uh, uh, not having water uh, because in the especially in the camp. These thirteen thousand people with this very small amount of receiving 
water. So like a big part of the summer, we are suffering of not having water. So we always try to keep and save uh, and not to waste. Um, so yeah, we know we we know very well how water is is like a huge gift. Yeah, and um, yeah, yes. Um, I encourage all of our listeners to to investigate Ayad's work on the internet. Um, you can look up Ayad Arafa and find um, links to not only your artwork but um, your partnerships and and work that you've done internationally and in in Palestine uh, mm -hmm. projects that you've done in the West Bank and residencies that you've done and uh, galleries that you've partnered with it's there's a lot to discover there and hopefully some of your music will be available uh for the general public before too long but we're going to get the special treat of of getting to hear some of your music um during the outro but just want to thank you again so much i had for your your generosity of spirit for sharing your your story connecting with me and and our listeners and um i hope that we can continue to to stay connected and and find ways to collaborate toward uh toward common goals and toward liberation thank you so much for having me bro yeah thank you bro i'll see you soon <laughs> hopefully very soon yeah thank you my pleasure